This Cap Times podcast is brought to you by Exact Sciences Corporation, the makers of Colaguard. Learn more at exactsciences.com. You're seeing quite a bit of it now, but it still feels different. You know, there's there's so many like beauty shots that after a while, like every plate of cookies on a white background kind of looks yeah. the same and it's kind of boring, but you see these like poppy colors and like that's, I think that's really exciting. Hello, welcome to The Corner Table, a podcast about food and drink in Madison, Wisconsin. I'm Lindsay Christians, food editor at the Cap Times. And I'm Chris Lay former Capitol Newspapers archivist, history buff, and general food appreciator. On a bus ride home a few weeks ago, Chris and I started talking about our mutual love of the Bon Appetit videos on YouTube. We were fascinated by this behind-the-scenes view of the magazine with its beautiful photos of tie-dye cookies and dinner party spreads. So we reached out to a food photographer and designer here in Madison, Sunny France. Her job is to make food look just beautiful enough to make you want to make it or eat it. She uses props, backdrops, raw ingredients, and quote-unquote intentional messes to tell stories with food. And she's on the podcast today. Check it out. And stay tuned after the interview for more about why we love Bon Appetit's YouTube series so much. And if you haven't started it, where you should start. Welcome, Sunny. Hi, thank you. This is, I have a whole pile of magazines on the table in front of us with all kinds of beautiful food styling. Mm-hmm. Lots of inspiration there. Yeah, yeah. And so, I, first of all, I wanted to ask you a little bit about how you define the work you do, because you don't call yourself a food stylist, no, right? No, So talk, talk a little bit about the, what are the differences. So, for me, like, and sometimes I am styling food because a lot of times I'm working on my own, so um, I'm cooking things and I'm plating it and I'm taking the photos so I'm styling it but I think of a food stylist as someone who is actually trained in that particular career where they are not only are they cooking something but they know how to keep it looking camera ready for a long time so something you might not even want to eat but it, it looks <laughs> like you want to eat it <laughs> this is actually lard but it looks like ice cream right, kind of thing. right. <laughs> or way undercook the meat so that it looks good oh, yeah. for the camera you know, if you if you cook it just right, then by the time you actually get your shot, it's dry. And, yeah. The window of time when something is, like, right out of the kitchen and attractive and, I mean, it doesn't need to be hot for the photos, no. right? Not necessarily, unless you want to catch the steam or you know, right. the sizzle. <laughs> um, but I remember once we were – I was on an assignment with our photographer and we were doing cocktails that had egg in them. And they're beautiful and frothy, but then after, like – Ooh, 30 seconds or a minute? Mm-hmm. The, it deflates. It settles out, yeah. 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 And it looks completely different. And that's not that's not the photo of the cocktail that you want, right? right. You want the frothy right. thing. Right, Yeah, so when I'm working on my own, and I don't, I don't really do many of those sort of tricks where you're using, you know, something lard for ice cream. Yeah. I, I don't really do that. But um, so luckily most of the things I photograph on my own tend to be things that look, you know, baked goods or things that, you know, look good. For longer periods of time. Things that are going to hang out for a little while. Exactly. And look okay. Yeah. But things where, you know, that's not the case, then I need a stylist with me. Right. So right. they can be preparing the things while I'm getting the lights right and the prop set. And, yeah. So what is your kind of week to week 
work? Like, what does it look like? What are, what are some of your regular assignments? It varies quite a bit. Like, I do some on-location restaurant work. Um, so, yeah, a fair bit amount of that. And then I'll, I'll do a lot of work in my own studio. I have a studio in my home, that, which is, that's kind of... I, that's how I usually prefer to like, – I feel I can get my best shots that way because yeah. I can really take my time and make sure the light's right. Now, is that one where, like, the, the chefs would come to your house and cook in your kitchen as the prep? I or? have had some of that, um, especially with – I feel like I work with quite a few bakers that way. Um, and they might not do everything there, yeah. but maybe they do, like – they're frosting the cake or something and those are fun because then I can actually take photos of somebody doing something you know like get those moments with people you know and I I I would never want to call myself like a portrait photographer I would never do that but I like those catching people doing things adding more of a human element right right yeah Yeah. Mm -hmm. what are some of the most challenging foods to take photos of brown foods, <laughs> <laughs> stew, <laughs> things like that. Just because, you know, they, they're they kind of cooked a lot and they're all kind of yeah. the same color. But there's things you can do, like garnishes. You mm. know, I always try to add, you know, if maybe there's if there's cilantro or something in Usually it's those visual cues. That, you know, you want to put something in it that would actually be in it, you know. So, um, yeah, just a little bit of maybe coarse salt things that can add a little texture and liven it up a little bit. Something where it's going to, like if you have a very monochromatic mm-hmm. food, something that's going to, you know, reference the the other experiential elements of it. The exactly. texture, the exactly. smells. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Who are some of your regular clients? Who have you worked with? Uh, some food bloggers. Oh, nice. Um, which, yeah, that's kind of fun. Mm-hmm. And... Um, I do some magazine work, editorial things. Um, and then, well, I, uh, Cadence Cold Brew is one. I know you had Jenna on a while ago. Um, yeah. uh, so, like, some local food brands and then also some, you know, bigger national brands, too. But it, it varies quite a bit. Yeah. When you are doing a shoot, like, say, for Cadence or something like that, do you have to have sort of a conversation with them ahead of time about, like, okay, like, what do you want people to take away from this versus just sort of like we're going to represent this cold brew coffee in a very lovely way? Yeah, I mean, my ideal way to work is to, you know, meet with a client and really get a sense of, like, who their audience is and what it's – my background is in graphic design, so I always come to things with, like, that sort of branding, you know, just thinking about not just, like, I want to take a beautiful photo, but who are we trying to appeal to, you know, is your brand – dark and moody or is it you know fun yeah is it bright and colorful and so which is fun for me because then you know i'm not just stuck in one style either like i can do you know oh you really want you like that really hard light with the you know light shining through a drink or you you see that in bon appetit you know it's beautiful and it's so it's fun to be able to do all those different kinds of things depending on the client i was just picking up a cookbook by angie marr called the it's called Butcher and Beast. Mm-hmm. It's a new cookbook just out, and it's very meat centric. It's um, I think it, the photos were taken at her restaurant called the Beatrice in New York, and the photos are like it looks like they were taken at a a dinner party in the restaurant at night. Mm-hmm. So it's all flash. Oh yeah, yeah, and really hard light. Yeah, and it's and it's a very specific kind of visual. Yeah, right. Yeah. Like I compare it to there was an Instagram ad with Molly Boz from mm-hmm. 
Bon Appetit, and it was like all golden light and beautiful, and like you know she's brushing oil on the salmon, you know, and it's it's this whole thing, and it felt kind of like the opposite of like like Hallmark movie versus yeah. gritty yeah. procedural, right? Right? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. And I, I mean, I love both those styles. Yeah, I mean, I think it's so much fun how how different things can look, and how um, I think that that bold flash look right now it's it's very popular and you know at first you're like why you know that doesn't really show the food necessarily in the best light but there's just something really it's it does remind me of some of those older ads too you know like you when you look at like old betty cracker or whatever it's that um yeah just highly lit Mm -hmm. yeah and so now it almost looks modern again the hard shadows Mm -hmm. around the food yeah yeah I, I wonder, do you notice, like, trends that you're thinking about? Like, do you notice trends in how food is being presented? Like, for example, I feel like there was one year where the Thanksgiving photos were all just, like, straight up above a turkey, mm-hmm. like, looking straight down on it, like yeah. you're a drone. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and there were a lot of that, or, like, the plate with people grabbing, mm-hmm. again, like, from straight above. Right. And I wonder if you start, do you see trends like that and, like, make deliberate choices around them like okay this i'm seeing this a lot i'm going to do something different like, yeah or i mean sometimes those things like i know exactly why that style is so appealing to photographers and specifically for me because <laughs> it's like you don't have to worry about the background you know yeah you don't have to worry about oh there's a big mess going on outside of this frame so many fewer x factors yeah. that have to deal with you yeah. control everything that's going to be in the frame exactly yeah so and I think for me personally, as coming from a graphic design background, where I'm thinking like designing on a flat page, it's really nice compositionally to be thinking of that too. Um, so for that reason, that from above shot is really popular yeah. you know, for that reason. But so, you know, like a turkey doesn't necessarily look the best that way because it's not a flat piece of food. Yeah. I think things you need that, to kind of have like like more depth and like yeah. actually give it some some substance. To exactly. It. Yeah. So yeah. for some some foods don't don't work that way yeah so you've mentioned that the graphic design background what when did you transition into doing this more um it's been maybe four years now Mm -hmm. that I've kind of I've photography for me has always been something I've loved and I've always done it but I never thought of it as a career path for me just because I don't want to take pictures of people or weddings or (laughs) 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 but I think with you know with social media where now there's just businesses have so much more need for just a lot of content Um, so I saw that as a opportunity for me because that's the kind of photography I've always liked to do and just kind of do for fun on my own and and with the graphic design background I would sometimes need to take photos for my own work Mm -hmm. Um, so just the, and I, I worked for a magazine for a while, art directing, and so I had just a lot of opportunity to do those things. The more I did it, the more I just sort of started gravitating towards like there's a lot more hands on, a lot less sitting at a computer all yeah. day. So and you already had this like developed portfolio from the years of doing the the magazine stuff. Yeah, and, yeah. yeah. So it just kind of kind of naturally happened. Do you prefer when you get a chance to watch someone in action versus like here is a plate of food, please make it look nice. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, like if if I'm watching, like yeah, like if for an assignment that you might do, like do you like like being there while they're plating and prepping and chopping and so I like both. Like I I do really love to capture 
you know, a chef in action. Like those moments, you know, where they're throwing flour in the air or it, whatever it is. Like I really, I love that. Uh, but there's there's a lot of, it's hard to, it's hard to know you're going to get the shot though. Right, because yeah. Because there's so much happening and, you know. Um, and I usually, at least the kind of work I'm doing, like I don't, you know, I go in for, maybe it's for a magazine and I don't want to take the chef's day, you know, to like, can you do that again? Can you do that again? So I, I would, like, that would be, like, my preference is, like, mm-hmm. let's do this all day. But since I usually have limited time, it's a, I just, you know, do, do what I can in those moments. And sometimes you capture something really amazing. Yeah. But, um, you know, the safe shots are definitely more like, okay, give me your plate of food and I'll, you know, set it up and we'll just get that shot. What kinds of things do you have in your home studio to help make food photos look more beautiful? I have lots of different backdrops. Mm. So depending on, you know, what the style of the brand is, if they like dark or light or colorful, um, different, lots of dish, dishware, you know, matte surfaces, mm-hmm. no shiny surfaces, if I can help it. Just makes it so much easier to light things so there's not mm-hmm. glare. And, um, I used, when I started out, I didn't have all that equipment, you know, like flash equipment. So I did all natural light photography. But, you know, over time, I've now I do almost 100% of the work I do in my studios with flash. And so a lot of different, you know, light modifiers and things like that. Yeah. I think one of the hardest things around food photography is people eating because that's not a beautiful thing. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> right? That's not an attractive. Right. Catching Nobody looks their mouthful. Yeah. <laughs> Nobody looks good while they're eating. But oftentimes, like, you know, you'll look at a Bon Appetit and you'll see dinner parties and people, like, chatting and whatever. But usually they're not chewing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> right? Yeah. And I always feel like that's, like, the thing that you – that's it's, it's the one piece where you're just sort of like, well, you know, we want to we show the, the enjoyment of the food, but maybe not the physical – interaction with right, it. Right, yeah. But in those cases, I have, I have had the opportunity to shoot some events where, um, you know, they wanted to show people enjoying the food. And in those cases, what we did, we've done is you bring in, like, six models. I mean, just in my, this case, yeah. real people, you yeah. know, yeah. But who are going to get a really good meal, but they on the condition that they have to like take that bite again wait you know get yeah. it right to your mouth and then put it back down again and then do it again <laughs> <laughs> and then when it's all done now you can eat <laughs> yeah. that's where, great where, where do they advertise those <laughs> like to... yeah right I'll let you know next time yeah, totally <laughs> this is I, I'm looking at some, um, some photos of pie here in the Bon Appetit. They're, like, super, super zoomed in. Um, but some of them, like, this is a pie that's, like, been cut, and it's, like, d- sort of melting. Like, mm-hmm. the meringue on top is sort of melting down, and you can see the jagged crust. And I think about this idea of aesthetic distress. Mm-hmm. Um, like, we want to make it look a, a lived in a yeah. little bit. Yeah, right. <laughs> Uh, I, I wonder, how do you balance making something look pristine and beautiful and also like, oh, that's real food that I would want to eat? Achievable. Yeah. 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 It's a, sometimes it takes a really long time to make a perfect mess. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it, you know, it's funny. It's sort of like it is a fine balance between like, oh, that's way overstyled and it looks like you, you know, obviously you intentionally put that little mess there. And, you know, it, it's a constant like struggle and I think most people when they look when they're looking through a magazine or something they know like it didn't just come out that way right yeah. there was a but you you do I think having that little bit of imperfect makes it much yeah. more approachable and yeah you want it that 
pie right there on that. Exactly. <laughs> you want to take a bite of that because it's dripping and, yeah, the meringue on it looks so luscious. <laughs> I made cookies yesterday and they were very unattractive, but they were delicious. Oh. That's all that matters, though. Yeah, they were fugly cookies. Um, but I, I spent the whole time, I, I brought them to a gathering of friends, and I spent the whole time being like, I'm, they just look terrible. I'm so sorry. They look really bad. And everybody's like, they taste great. Shut up. You know? <laughs> um, but I wonder, like, when you go out with friends or you eat out or you're at somebody's house for dinner, are they aware that, like, this is part of your job? You make, like, food look beautiful and... Like you know, for just, me, it's usually yeah. I'm out somewhere and I just I want to take pictures of the food. I'm the one that's like, can we just not eat this right now? Can I just mm-hmm. <laughs> play around with it for a little bit? <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, I, I think honestly, like, uh, I'm not a chef, you know, so I think that's not my expertise at all. And like, even like plating, you know, chefs do such a beautiful job of plating food. Like for me. I'm like the I'll like oh let's move this little garnish over here so the light hits mm-hmm. it better but um, yeah I I'm not a not a snob about sure yeah <laughs> are there any are there any restaurants in Madison that like immediately jump to mind as having some of the most you know ornate uh, I guess plating mm-hmm. that you're talking about where like you go and you know that it's going to be just this tremendous like feast for the eyes right. as much as everything else. I don't get out much. <laughs> 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 I was in my yeah. studio. <laughs> no, um, yeah. I mean, I think oh, there's so many different th- different ways you could go. I, I, one where I was recently, um, uh, Bar. What is it called? Bar Corlini. Yes. Yes. <laughs> where for me, like that, just the aesthetic of the whole place yeah. was mm. so like, oh, this is beautiful, mm-hmm. and. And then I was able to capture him um, making the pasta, which was really beautiful, too. I think I gravitate to those sort of really natural kinds of, yeah. you know, like somebody baking bread or... So, I, you know, those, yeah, beautiful plated, like, sushi restaurant or something yes. where oh, things, yeah. like, everything is just a jewel, you know. Yeah, those... Yeah, I, I did some photos for Red Sushi, yeah. and that was really fun because... Yeah, they're just gorgeous. <laughs> yeah. I I love the d- desserts. Bah. I love the desserts at La Toile. Yeah, and because it's all these like little, t- it's like so many components, and they're all perfect and tiny and beautiful. Yes, and yeah. That's that's really yeah. Nice. Every every little thing is a pe- is a work of art in itself. Mm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This Cap Times podcast is brought to you by Exact Sciences Corporation, the makers of Colaguard. Learn more at exactsciences.com. They used to do this big fundraiser for REAP every fall. Um, it was this pie palooza, and you'd go and you'd see all these different pies. And pies are a great actual like thing that has a lot of variation in terms of like very rustic and very stylized. Mm-hmm. And that's a lot. I feel like that's a lot of fun to see mm-hmm. what what people want to do with pie. Um, oh. So I'm just going to look back at my notes for a second. Oh, do you ever get a kick out of looking at old cookbooks, like the old Betty Crockers, and seeing how different the food looks in those than yeah, now? Yeah, the food is funny now. Like, when you look at, yeah, like, people really eat the jelly yeah. molds or something. Oh, yeah, that's a whole, I don't, yeah, that's, that was just a very weird time yeah. in American life where, yeah. oh, boy, yeah. <laughs> 
<laughs> oh man. Yeah, but but I do think like I think as a photographer, like you can get inspiration from those things because it yeah. it is like um, the ang like the it's interesting just the angle of, that the photos are taken at is it's not that from above it's sort of this three quarter angle that looks kind of awkward but kind of like standing at a table before yeah, you sit down yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah right yeah but it's also kind of interesting i don't know yeah mm-hmm. it sort of has that retro like i think maybe that's part of it is you see a photo like that and it kind of maybe can take you back to like looking at mm-hmm. so there's something sort of nice about that too yeah are there any this is going to sound you you've got you know a professional you know fo- like lighting rig and everything like that are there any Things that you see with people taking pictures of food with their phones that there's just any common mistakes like that, like anybody could just very easily, you know, fix or. Yeah. Um, Well, I think the number one thing is lighting. I mean, really. Mm. And, and, you know, if people are taking photos in a restaurant or something, like oftentimes it's there's overhead lights. And that's just like you just can't do it justice when you've got like mixed like daylight mixed with. You know, light bulbs. So the best thing you can do is move to a window. Like yeah. Get a table by a window. And get your plate close to the window. And this is also where, like, that from above looks, I think, with an iPhone is, or whatever kind of phone you're, you know, phone camera better you're using. Than a, better than, a, like, an angle. Yeah. Yeah, because yeah, you, you don't have to worry about that depth of field that, you know, when you have a, a professional camera, you can, yeah. you have a lot more control over those things. Whereas with a with a phone camera, you don't necessarily. So I think like the flat from above, right is, over top, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah with the natural light, <laughs> right? And yeah. then just get the junk out of the way. <laughs> yeah, I took a great photo of a burrito last week, and most like it's the whole back frame of the photo is my my friend David's chest, <laughs> and like he's wearing a plaid shirt, so it's kind of fine. But and you get the sense that oh, this is something that someone is about to eat. But I just thought, why didn't I move it? Like why didn't I move that burrito <laughs> away Take from the extra my three friend? Seconds yeah, to kind of angle it a different way. Yeah. Exactly, or include him some like have his hand reaching it. Yeah, right? there you yeah. go. Like have him be your hand model. Add some dramatic tension to it. Yeah, you know? <laughs> there's photos of my husband's hand in the Cap Times archive of him like pulling a pizza, like doing the stretch with the cheese. Oh, yeah, yeah. Um, because I was like, this this will be fun. Just just pull it. Okay, no stop. Okay, wait. No, go back. No, do a different one. Like. <laughs> Poor guy. Um, oh yeah, boo boo. <laughs> he did get to eat the pizza. That's true. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I wonder when you're going back into a kitchen and you're going to be taking photos of people who maybe aren't used to being in the public eye, right? Cooks or or maybe a chef who's like, I'm back of house. Like this is, I'm not. You know, mm-hmm. I'm not your hostess. People I'm who not. know their social strengths and where. Yeah. Know, like. <laughs> How do you help them relax as you're taking photos? For me, and this is a big part of why like, I don't want to take portraits of people ah. because they are just basically posing there and you have to help them feel relaxed. But the nice thing about taking photos of somebody who's doing something that they're good at yeah. is they're relaxed. You know, they're, they're, they're already in their comfort zone in their and doing things where they mm-hmm. already feel very yeah. in touch with it. Exactly. Yeah. We've been talking a little bit about this Bon Appetit YouTube series. Oh, yeah. Um, and... Just, uh, I wonder what, how you think the importance of how food is presented is changing. 
like how it maybe affects the kinds of things we're going to see in restaurants when or or even the things that we make at home like depending on what it looks like mm-hmm. is that becoming more important do you think well I, I do feel like there's kind of a trend now with photography where things are more approachable so I think that sort of style of you know watching these chefs sort of troubleshooting and you know trying to figure things out struggling a little bit like I think that's yeah. very appealing to somebody at home who's maybe doesn't feel like they know how to cook something and like oh well they're they're struggling too <laughs> so and I think you know that does translate with into the photography part yeah. of it too is it, it's okay for there to be a spill or a, you know that that makes it seem more yeah. real and yeah. doable yeah it's not always going to end up looking exactly like the photo in the right. book, which has right. been, you know, fussed over yeah. for however many, you know, hours. Exactly. Yeah. 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 We can't all be Martha Stewart. That's true. Or, Sno- or, or Snoop Dogg, for or that matter. <laughs> Good point. I mean, if you looked at Martha Stewart's old Instagram, even she was not Martha Stewart yeah. there. Um, and th- that was like a running joke of how terrible her photos were. That's funny. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Um, are there are there trends in photography that you're really enjoying right now that you're like, you know what, I really want to do more of this? Uh, yeah. I mean, I could go in so many different directions. <laughs> <laughs> There's so many. Um, this, it, it's ex- this hard light is really exciting to me. I think that's just, I don't know, there's something just very impactful about it mm-hmm. when I – when I see it, like, whenever I'm scrolling, you know, those are often the ones that just stop me. And maybe because it's it's not – I mean, you're seeing quite a bit of it now, but it still feels different, you know. There's there's so many, like, beauty shots that after a while, like, every plate of cookies on a white background kind of looks yeah. the same. And it's kind of boring, but you see these, like, poppy colors, and, like, that's – I think that's really exciting. Some kind of extra variation to it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. This keeps it fresh. Yeah. I am newly resolved to take more attractive pictures of my food. <laughs> <laughs> more approachable, too. Yeah. There was that whole trend, too, with um, Ugly Delicious, this idea of it's supposed to be unbeautiful, but it's going to taste great. Yeah. Yeah. All my food you're, you're, already, you're on your way there with those cookies. I am. Like, so. <laughs> they yeah. were Ugly Delicious. <laughs> there we go. You could just put some frosting on them or something. Right? Yeah. Chris, did you have any more questions? Uh, I think I'm good. Yeah, All right. Been... Thank you so much for coming Excellent. in. Thank you both for having me here. It's been, absolutely... it's been really fun. <laughs> As we talked about this episode, Chris and I bonded over the fact that we're both really into those test kitchen videos they have on YouTube. So here's a little extra of us chatting about why those are so appealing and why you should start listening to them right now. So who are your favorite Bon Appetit stars? Brad took a while to grow on me, but I like Brad a lot. And I mean, obviously Claire. Yes, obviously Claire. Yeah. Um, Yeah. Andy. I like Andy a lot. I started off being a really big fan of Carla Lolly Music. I'm still a very big fan of hers, and she's got a new cookbook out that I was looking at in the bookstore yesterday. It looks amazing. Yeah. Um, But then I got really into the Gourmet Make series and became just a Claire Stan all day. I went down a a Wikipedia rabbit hole for all of these individual people, and uh, Claire – not Claire – 
Lolly Music. What's her first name? Carla. Carla Lolly Music. Um, she apparently was one of the first general managers at a Smash Burger, at like a, the, the New York Smash Burger, I think. I mean, it was like going way back. But yeah, so it, she starts out at this very unpretentious, you know, burger joint. I might have that wrong, but I'm pretty sure I got it right. So, and it's on Wikipedia, so you can trust it a certain <laughs> amount. But now, yeah. So I guess for anybody who doesn't uh, know what we're talking about, Bon Appetit, uh, it's in takes place in their test kitchen, which is in the the new World Trade Center, like the 38th floor or something like that. And they just started filming these, uh, like what was going on in the background, and people doing various. Uh, you know, making things, whatever. I think the first show was It's Alive with Brad, where it's Brad, who at the time was the the test kitchen manager. So he'd be the guy who'd, like, clean stuff up, order things for you if you needed them, make sure that they had the kind of knives you needed, whatever. And and he would just be fermenting things. And they just shot this thing and didn't really know what to do with it and then just kind of threw it out on YouTube, and it became this huge hit. And now he's got three different shows on the Bon Appetit YouTube channel, one of which is, like, sending him all around the world and going places with Brad. And he's gone noodling with Maddie Matheson. And, yeah, he's he's doing his whole thing. But I think the the show that really took off for them was Gourmet Makes with Claire Saffitz. Where she tries to make... Warheads and Oreos and Sour Patch Kids. I mean, she doesn't even try. She Pop makes tarts. them. Pop Tarts, Pringles. She had to like Pop Rocks. Design this specific thing to fry the Pringles mm-hmm. so they would have the right shape. Yeah. I was watching the one the other day where she was she was making Warheads, and she's like, "This is not food." Yeah. Like I'm in physical pain. But one of the things that she does that I never do when I'm cooking at home. Cry. Well. <laughs> Cry. She, 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 cry. Really, she really tries hard to make it look like the thing. Yeah. And I mostly don't care about what it looks like, but like she was comparing like one of her warheads to one of the packaged warheads, and Cosmo, Carla's son, was there helping her. And, you know, she's, he's like, yours are prettier. Yeah. You know, and because making it look right is part of the process, she got a, she got a stamp to make it make, like, yeah. say, Oreo or whatever it was. I think she made it say something else. Well, there, but. there, there are some of these where, I mean, she clearly improves upon the original product. I think the Hot Pocket one where it was she made this, like, really delicious, you know, uh, you know, tomatoey meat, whatever stuff that went in the middle. And it was everybody just lost their minds. Another part of the, uh, the whole uh, test kitchen thing is that you have, you know, a half a dozen other personalities that have developed that are just doing other various test kitchen things in the background. And so whenever she makes something, she'll call somebody over to get a taste of it and make sure she's on the right track or, you know, uh, any kind of, uh, you know, positive feedback or, yeah, I constructive like, criticism. I like Gabby a lot. She's often on. Oh, you know, Gabby's doing, adorable. Yeah. yeah. She's she's always tasting things. And um, so it's it's fun to get get a sense of this behind the scenes. But I wonder, I, I mean, I cook a lot out of Bon Appetit. I really like the magazine mm-hmm. a lot. And I wonder if seeing these people actually doing the work and making these things. There was one with Molly Boz where she was making a, a chicken pot pie and putting, mm-hmm. putting turnips in it, I think. And that was very controversial. I, I, I'm, I believe it. <laughs> Believe it when you say that's controversial. Yeah, but she was she was making this, and and you you see them doing the work, and it feels like oh, this isn't magic. 
right? Yeah. This is something that I could try. And it's not I'm not just seeing sort of the final presented product. And that's mm-hmm. nice to see. But you're seeing all of these these steps in between in a way that feels approachable. Yeah. One of the things that I really like about it is like when you're looking through a magazine, especially like Bon Appetit, which has this very not like stuffy or stodgy, but it's it has it's very well put together. It's very classy in the way that it's that, that, that it, it looks and the way that they take their photos. But in the test kitchen, it's them actually failing a lot. Yes. And so you get to see the actual process and hear them, you know, say, well, that's why we call this a test kitchen is because, you know, to get to the the immaculate slice of key lime pie that they get a photo of, it takes them, you know, an actual week for them to, you know, go through the whole process of finding out which is the best way to make this key lime pie. I mean, week is, you know, maybe on the low end of some of these things. So, yeah, it's it humanizes the entire process and makes it very uh, within reach, it validates the suffering that home cooks go through to make good food that looks good and tastes good. To me, it's a little bit like you know the the PBS cooking shows um, or the you know the, the the TV cooking shows of years past. But YouTube is the way that I get most of my media yeah. content. So. And and Bon Appetit is a brand and a and an aesthetic that I'm familiar with, and then these are names of people that I know. Mm-hmm. And this just to me is like where food TV has evolved yeah. a bit, because a lot of what's on television now is competition. Yeah, there's a lot of food TV that's about competition. Yeah, and so to find these kind of cooking shows, you know, your Giadas and your Ina Gartens and um, Jacques Pepin, like it's it's the hands and pan shows. Yeah, yeah, the hands and pans shows. The hands and pan shows. I've That's never the heard like that. like the the overhead shot. I I think I I picked that up hearing uh, Brad talk about it. I think or on on one of those other shows. Yeah, that's great though. But it's this is where it lives now. Yeah, Bon Appetit also does something, and I don't know if it's related to their editorial side or if it's a marketing thing, where they'll be like fifty people, like try to open a coconut. Oh yeah, or yeah. fifty people try to make noodles or whatever it yeah. whatever it is. Um, and you you get a sense of like, oh, okay, well, these people have cooked before and these people have no idea what to do with an avocado. Right? Yeah. yeah, exactly. <laughs> like how – like I mean like for me to like stand in the in the grocery store and, you know, feel an avocado and be like, I, I just I just don't know. And then to have them go through the same thing. Or I remember uh, on one of the one of the YouTube things they did all of the test kitchen staff did a blind taste test of cheese to identify which ones. And there was – I think Gabby didn't get a single one right. I it's think the, you're right. Yeah. I mean, and there's definitely a few people that you would you would have expected to have done better. Like nobody got a perfect score. It's a, okay, I get it. You know, like maybe, you know, is this a parm? Is it a fontina? Like I don't quite – like is it – what kind of cheddar is it? And yeah. That was a really fun episode. Mm-hmm. I really like – I like that a lot. Yeah. I also really like it when Carla does these videos where – there's a famous person. Oh, the back-to-back cooking. The back-to-back cooking. What's that called? It's – I think it's back-to-back cooking. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I think that's uh, – or cooking, whatever it is. But where it's her and she has to just verbally walk somebody yes. through. And they both have the exact same ingredients. And they have to, yeah, be walked through it. Yeah. That is the best recreation, I think, well, of trying to cook something based on what you saw on TV or based on someone telling you how. Yeah. Versus – like looking at a recipe or something like that. Like if you're if you're really trying to cook something based on some, some what someone is telling you to do, that's it's hard. Yeah, and it's not going to look quite the same. Yeah, but 
I, I really like that. I love the one with Anthony from Queer Eye. Oh, yeah. Yeah, Anthony, the, the so-called chef from Queer Eye. Yeah, and he is adorable <laughs> and charming. Shots fired. Yeah, right? <laughs> and he was so nervous, and I thought it, yes. I found it lovely. Yeah. But anyway, so this is... This is all why we wanted to have Sunny in to the mm-hmm. podcast and chat with her a little bit about to talk about the the behind the scenes of making food that looks good and you know where the to demystify I guess the actual way that that uh, is the process is is done. I don't want to say the co- the way that the cookies crumble, but that's not <laughs> quite. <laughs> well, I thought it was a really great conversation with Sunny. It was. It was really wonderful. All right. This has been The Corner Table, a podcast about food and drink in Madison, Wisconsin, produced by the Capital Times. Our theme music was composed by Patrick Christians. Natalie Yar provides editing help. Subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, or wherever you get your podcasts, and follow us on Facebook. You can check out other Cap Times podcasts as well. Opinion editor Jesse Opoyan produces and hosts the political podcast Wedge Issues. Coming out of the Cap Times Idea Fest, many panels and one-on-one chats are available as podcasts also. A recent live recording of a Cap Times talk featured members of the touring cast of Hamilton. I'm Lindsay Christians. And I'm Chris Lay. Our wish for you this week is a melty grilled cheese dunked in a creamy tomato bisque. Cheers! This podcast has been brought to you by Exact Sciences Corporation, the makers of Colaguard. Once again, be sure to learn more at exactsciences.com.